Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Tingathy. <laughs> Wait, am I saying hello or are you saying hello now? Oh, I said Tingathy and myself. <laughs> You're allowed to say your own name, it's okay. Hello. <laughs> Let's just roll with it. It's the last one of the year. Oh, I thought we were canning it after this. <laughs> it's fine. Let's go. We're a book club for games. But not today. Today, we're going to talk about... The year we've just had, 2021. It's the end of year wrap up. Where we will, as is tradition, go over our stats, talk about the year in gaming, and give out our meaningless awards. Let's go. Our stats. You have prepared a spreadsheet. Yes, I have. It was quite interesting looking at it, actually. Good. That's the whole point. Because you obviously put in the games you played, and you put in what you thought I had played, and then I filled in some extras because you can't see everything, obviously. You know, if I play something that's not on Steam or, you know, PSN or whatever. Why don't you start? Let's start with... If we were to build something, we should totally build this, this gaming recap site that I would use. If no one else used it, I would use it myself for us. If you want to build something, I'm, I'm up for building something, but you need to find some more time, <laughs> given how difficult it, it is to even do this podcast. We think about it. We can do like last three. Well, if, I can, if I can code in 15 minutes chunks, I'm fine. As we've learned in my Reddit recap. <laughs> can you code in 15 minute chunks? Probably not. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe you're maybe you're more switched on. I, I need a long warm up now. A long warm up. Yeah. Takes the whole day. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. And especially if platforms are sort of splitting up again and they're not being consolidated, there's a perfect reason for this. We can do last three six five the last three hundred and sixty five days, we can do year to date. Otherwise we have a site that's only good for December and no one else cares otherwise. I don't think anyone will give you these stats, though. That's the problem, isn't it? Well, they have to sign in, right? So you have to sign into Epic. You have to sign into Steam. You have to sign into PSN. But if you want these stats in one screen, you'll give it to us. I'll give it to you. I've, there's so many things I've signed you up for. Just to get your stats. I'm joking. <laughs> I installed that keylogger on your computer. I got your Steam password. I cloned your phone for the OTP. But you got the stats, okay? So that's what matters. I think one of my favourite stats is the one you've written down first. So over two years, I've, I've only played 53 hours of Warzone. Well, two years, I say. One year and eight months. Yeah, because it turns out I've played 
more than 10 times as much Warzone as you. Can you give us the figure? I mean, according to COD Tracker, I've played 583 hours of Warzone. Well, that's what it takes to complete every season of the Battle Pass. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the most shocking thing is the season that's just launched, like, 10 days ago. I think I'm already rank 40 in the Battle Pass. And, and I've not even been playing it every day. I've just had, like, the occasional mad binge. On the week, on the, you know, when they're giving the double XP. Yeah. Well, I, I tend not to play it solo very much these days. I usually only play when other friends are playing. It's just that I do have like three sets of people who play Warzone. <laughs> Whereas on the other side, they only have one set, but you... <laughs> but I'm just, yeah, I'm just like the guy. Mikey, you're free for Warzone. I'm always free for Warzone. <laughs> it is ruining me. It's the new PUBG. Although it's funny, Warzone still hasn't caught up with PUBG. I think PUBG is still my most played game. It's crazy. You know, are PUBG you, is you... still over 600. But you're running at a rate where you will, you, you will take over PUBG in a shorter yeah, amount of time. Yeah, it is going to surpass it. Yeah. I mean, PUBG, that playtime was over. I mean, the, the bulk of it probably came in the first three years, but PUBG's had a long, a long run. Should we move on to more interesting things? Yeah, go on. So games that I would like to talk about from your stats were Super Auto Pets, The Binding of Isaac DLC, and Outer Wilds DLC. I mean, where do you want to start? Super Auto Pets? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. I mean, Super Auto Pets is one of a list of three games I played this year where I thought, wow, I wish I had made this game. And it's the one I've played the most of, of those three. Oh, and I should also state, there's a lot of games I wish I created, but those three games are games where I feel like I could have actually created it. You know, even with my continuously dialing back of what I'm capable of making, it turns out, <laughs> given my current mental state, I feel like these are three games where I could have done it. Like I can see a route where I could have done it, you know, and Super Auto Pets is incredibly simple, but a work of genius. It is an auto battler where you build a team of five pets and release them into the arena and they fight someone else's team of five pets and you are trying to get 10 wins but you know each round the shop tears up and so you can buy like higher tiers of pets or higher tiers of food to feed the pets and i think this is the way it works in like the other auto battles like auto chess where you can like fuse pets to bring them to a higher level so you know you can drag two level one pets onto a pet of the same type and it'll make it a level two pet and then you can drag three more pets onto a pet of the same type to make that level two pet a level three pet and then when they get to level two or level three they gain new abilities or it increases the power of their existing abilities wait i thought the the the, the selling point behind auto pets super auto pets is that your opponent isn't there yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the genius thing about Super Auto Pets, like one of several genius things about it, like very smart design decisions. There is a versus mode where it is played live. You know, you can go into a versus arena with people who are playing live or with your friends and play against them. But the default mode is arena. And because it's an auto battler, 
the only moves that matter are done, you know, between the rounds. When your pets actually go into battle, no one's making any decisions. You just watch the battle play out. And that means that the person you're battling against doesn't have to be there. So the thing about making like a battle royale type game is that you need like a big player base to sustain it. You know, because once you start the match, you need to be match made against all these players, you know, to start the battle. And if you're trying to make like an indie battle royale, good luck finding that many people, you know. But in Super Auto Pets, it just needs to record everyone's team comp at a particular like stage of the game. And when you click the battle button, it just picks someone from its database of people who played the game at that round and then faces you off against each other. So there's always an appropriate team to match you against. It doesn't matter if like it's the middle of the night and no one's playing. You click the button and it'll just pull someone from the database and make you fight them. So it's team comp at round one, team comp, a different team comp at round three, different team comp at round seven. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how it works. I assume it's just, I assume it's just based on the number of rounds rather than like the number of wins or something. That makes sense. The number of good. rounds would be the fairest thing to do, yeah. And then the other very smart design decision is that the whole thing is basically just using the free Android emojis, mostly. You know, there are certain open source, effectively, emojis. And they are basically just using those as the pets. I do wonder if this is why the game is not available on iOS. Or it might just be that the devs don't have iPhones. But you can play it on the web. You can play it in Steam. You can play it on Android. It's a Unity game. But there's no iOS version, which is very sad for me because all of my mobile devices are, you know, I have an iPad, I have an iPhone. But maybe for the best, because then I would never stop playing it. If I could play it in bed, I would probably like literally never sleep. You know, we'd be recording this podcast and be like, Mike, are you okay? It's like, yeah, it's okay. I just haven't slept for 10 days. We have to record from my bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> just one more round. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I click, I click battle. You have a surface. It's it's just so good. The synergies are so clever. It's amazing. It's actually you know what happened. Of course, this is another Northern Lion game. I watched Northern Lion play it. I thought he was playing it really dumbly, and I tried playing it. And then, of course, in the time that I've been playing it, Northern Lion has become just some sort of super auto pets genius. He's actually like some meta trendsetter. He's he's just got he's got all these phrases like roll me, juice me, squeeze me. You know, he's just like, <laughs> it's so entertaining. He, he did some insane hedgehog build the other day. I was like, it's so funny saying this because obviously this means nothing to you if you haven't played it. It's like the hedgehog meta. He's like, he had duck meta, then he had hedgehog meta. It's, it's actually crazy. Crab strats. You did recommend me, I don't know, I just Googled Northern Lion Supporto Pets. I watched him. He, would have, he was in the zone. He sounded like a crazy person as he was sort of, Comment, commentating on his own <laughs> effort yeah the, just the energy behind it it's just it's just wild and manic yeah and then he's got his family behind him i'm like yeah his wife comes I'm in like, with the crazy. baby <laughs> yeah that's right this could be you ting this could be you i don't have his the baby energy. comes in and he's just like oh the baby i'm gonna buy a duck <laughs> can you say duck i can say it with an f and the baby's like, F and he's like, no, no, no. If your baby's first word is meta, you're doing well in life. Yeah. Well, no, because they might get trademarked by Facebook. They'll buy your baby.
They'll buy your baby. Zuckerberg's got an entire army of babies whose first word was meta. I wonder if they're children called meta. I, I think that's a fact that we should not look into because <laughs> I don't think we'll like the answer. Sorry, go on. Super Auto Pets. Ah, that was it. I think, I, I think trying to explain it any more depth is already just going to... It's going to be confusing yep, madness. So. But it's free. You can try it for free on Steam or just in a web browser. I have played 26 hours of Super Auto Pets. Like, th- there's probably a list of games that have been my downfall this year. Like, why my productivity has been absolutely in the toilet. And Super Auto Pets is one of them. It's the sort of game where I'm like, I should go to bed. But I could just play one round of Super Auto Pets, and then it's three in the morning. The real question is, would I do the same thing if I was in your position? There's a chance I would. You're not, you might not be the only one. A recurring theme in my life is, I know exactly what I'm doing wrong and what I should do to fix it, but I just seem to be unable to do the thing to fix it. Like, I know I should not be doing this, but something's gone wrong with my willpower. I, I really have become like a child again. I've become like a creature of pure id. I'm like, I just want to do something and I just do it. My, my self-control has really like, oh dear, something's really gone wrong this year. Which we'll come back to later. Shall we move on to The Binding of Isaac? TLC. There, uh, there's very little to say about this one. I bought it. I hardly played it. In fact, I probably spent more time watching YouTube videos just about crazy new synergies in the new expansion than I did actually playing the new expansion. I mean, the new expansion is amazing. It's genuinely incredible how much they added to the game. And they managed to surprise everyone with it too. Because people thought they were adding, I think, two new characters. And actually, they basically added like 15 new characters or something. It was, it was nuts, the amount they added to the game. But I mostly watched other people playing it rather than playing it myself. The Binding of Isaac is such an enormous game now. Like, to really unlock everything, you're talking, you know, probably hundreds of hours. How does this work? So, there's, you've, you've, you're either unlocking everything or you're just completing a run as bare minimum yeah i mean well at the stage of the game i'm at you know reasonably every run you play you should probably be trying to unlock something because pretty much every item and character and stuff is linked to some kind of achievement so you know the basic thing most people are trying to do when they when they play isaac i guess is what they call fill out the post-it note because for every character, there's a post-it note with some icons on it. Well, it's blank to begin with, and you can fill in different icons to show that you've completed a certain challenge. And so usually you're trying to fill out the post-it note, because that's unlocking items or unlocking characters and stuff. And then there's like a secret thing you need to do, because you know obviously everyone knows it now, but to begin with, people didn't know exactly what it was. And then you could unlock like alternate versions of the characters, like they called them like tainted versions. So there was like Isaac and there was like tainted Isaac or like Maggie and then tainted Maggie. And like these tainted versions of the characters were completely different. Like they superficially had the same mechanic as the original character, but in like a strange and twisted way. Okay. And and again, some of the items that they added, like the book of virtues, like 
it was nuts. Like the Book of Virtues has a synergy with every other item in the game, which is crazy when you think there's already hundreds of items in the game and they added an item that has a unique synergy with every one of those hundreds of items. You know, like this this expansion was enormous. Okay. I think we can move on. Yeah, to the other big DLC, the Outer Wilds DLC, which was like a complete surprise. There was just suddenly a trailer for it. And I, I think it was in the running for the book club game as well at one point. Yes, it was. I think we were, well, at least I was dithering between this DLC, Deathloop, and Metroid Dread. And obviously we went with Metroid Dread. But I did play this DLC and it was amazing. But I can't say anything about it. Surely you can say a little bit about it. Uh, okay, I think we speculated whether or not it was going to be like a whole new game world, essentially. It was like, I don't see how they could fit it in to, you know, the Outer Wilds, you know, because that universe is already so complete and like meshes so beautifully. But they did. They found a way to fit in this DLC into the existing universe. It's very clever. And it somehow manages to be fresh and new again and give that feeling of discovery again. You know, like maybe you should play, seeing as like I kind of spoiled Outer Worlds for you, I feel kind of bad about it. I listened to the podcast where we talked about it again just to see exactly what I said. You know, you should play it at some point because it's kind of like the only way to get more Outer Wilds. Okay. I don't feel too spoiled by what you said. I sort of, I knew what I signed up for. It's on me. Uh, maybe we also react to like fiction in different ways because you don't read fiction, do you? No. Yeah, so maybe for you it's not the same for me in terms of enjoyment. Like, as in you don't, enjoy the, you don't enjoy a story in the same way. No, I don't. I'm not offended by stories or bad, bad stories like you are. Should we move on? Okay, well, I have a list of a bunch of things that I played, that, you know, where, that it surprised me how much I played on them. But before we get to any of that, let's talk about you for a moment. When I looked at your list of games, the thing that really surprised me was, you played Destiny 2? Yeah. I really wanted I to like, play Destiny 2. Did you, did you accidentally copy this from a few years ago? You can't, you can't accidentally play Destiny 2 because you have to install it and it's a few hundred... Few, it's a few gig, few hundred gigs. I'm pretty no, sure. I, as in, I thought it was a mistake on the spreadsheet. Like I thought you just cloned the spreadsheet. No, and it had Destiny Two on it. I always want to play Destiny Two. I'd much rather if everyone decided to play Destiny Two and drop Warzone. What? Man, you're such a Destiny fanboy. I can't believe you love Destiny so much. It's really bizarre. So I played it, and I tried to play some solo afterwards just to level up my gear but it's terrible it's a terrible experience so i'm not going back to it they're really doing their best to remove content it seems i think earlier this year they removed the the base campaign if you will they've tried to consolidate it yeah because you said they you, you said you wanted to play the main story before they removed the main story was that right yeah that's right and did you finish it did you play it no. Or were some of the missions more than 15 minutes so you, you got stuck? I think so. I don't think so. Sorry. I think, 
So by the time I, I got there, they had removed most of that single player campaign. And then when I tried to solo stuff, it was just too painful. It's like, I just thought to myself, why did Mike solo the Nightfall? Who does this? And it wasn't, it wasn't on that level of hard, obviously. It was hard for me. Well, I think but things it you do the... when you're developing mental health problems, solo the Nightfall, play Destiny I, full stop. I'd rather do this than take on, you know, confront my life. <laughs> I'd rather confront my life. Yeah, yeah, you know your life's gone wrong when you decide to solo the Nightfall. That's enough for Destiny 2. I don't want anyone else to play this game. Okay. Well, I'm just going to mention a few games then and how many hours I played them, some of which were a surprise to me when I looked back on it. Cyberpunk 2077, 62 hours. That's quite a long time. I think it's probably because it was the podcast game. I do not think I would have soldiered on to the end if it had not been the podcast game. And then... The other two indie games that I wish I had made, and I feel like I could have made them, SNK RX, what I've been calling it Snake RX, 13.9 hours, and Luck Be a Landlord, 10.6 hours. Both very, very clever games, very simple, very fun. Though I guess neither of them quite had the staying power of Super Auto Pets, I guess because they're purely single player. Snake RX is funny because I literally had the idea for it. Like in my game design notebook thing, years and years and years and years ago, probably like five, six years ago, I wrote an idea in there called Ribbon Defense. And I was saying like, imagine tower defense, but your towers are like on a ribbon that you can move around, which is basically a snake, right? And that's essentially what Snake RX is. So you are kind of buying towers and you're on like a snake that moves around and is shooting enemies in an arena. But it has the, you know, auto chess style shop mechanics. So in the end, I guess that's the actual key thing that, you know, that's the key thing that was discovered in the intervening years of game design that has like made so many things so good. Because, you know, that's the key to Super Auto Pets as well. And then Luck Be a Landlord is kind of a deck building roguelike like slay the spire except that instead of cards it's a slot machine again genius and it's got that like dopamine hit of like you know pull the lever and then the slot spin and your chosen symbols line up or don't line up and you get the big payout or you lose dopamine is a funny thing too you know i think that's the thing that again all these three games have in common you know, it's just like just one more turn, just one more round. And it's funny trying to recognize that feeling in your head because it's not necessarily fun. It's just the desire to do it one more time. And then some other random picks. Deathloop, 24 hours. So I played more Super Auto Pets than Deathloop. Can we have a one-line review of Deathloop? It's Kind of like Prey Moon Crash, but not as good. Okay. Yeah, much was made of it having time loop mechanics, but the time loop in Deathloop is actually more like the simulation reset in Moon Crash than it is like a real clockwork universe time loop like in Outer Wilds. 
And the thing I thought was funny was the creative director on Deathloop hadn't played Mooncrash, despite working at Arcane. Like, he deliberately hadn't played Mooncrash because he didn't want to play, you know, other loop kind of games that might influence his thinking. But then it just meant he accidentally made Mooncrash again, but kind of worse. I mean, that's kind of a hot take. It's not, it's not a bad game, but nor is it an incredible game, in my personal opinion. Yep, we can move on. Scavengers, this is just literally going to be a, a throwaway. It's a BR PvE VP game. I played 25 hours of it. One of the groups of friends I play Warzone with Actually, they don't really like Warzone that much. I'm the one who really likes Warzone. And we play Warzone just because either... They love hanging out with you. We, Yeah, we end up playing Warzone just because they can't think of anything else to play. And I really want to play Warzone. So we play Warzone. But every now and then, they really want to play something else. And so I'm like, okay, we'll play this other game you want to play. And so for a few weeks, we play Scavengers. But Scavengers just became kind of an annoying grind. And so we switched away from it again. And I guess one last one to comment on on the multiplayer side is Tribes of Midgard, 29 hours. Can't remember we mentioned this before. It's like a roguelike sort of Diablo-esque game. It isn't a weird place because your character isn't persistent. Like your gear and stuff isn't persistent. You, like, you, you roll into a new world you start out with nothing. You've got to get gear, build your defenses, and try and take down this big boss in the world. But a game of it lasts quite a long time, like hours. And yeah, it's weird that something that's so ephemeral lasts such a long time. Like, I think you can leave in the middle of the game and come back again, so long as the host leaves the game too but you know the coordination required to play this game i don't know we, we we did play several games of it we did eventually win but we didn't enjoy it enough to keep grinding it out i think they've released season two of it now so maybe we'll go back to it because i think they've changed things up a bit it was all right but i again i suppose that's a surprisingly long amount of time to play something Let's move on to the year in review, which is just some highlights we have for the year. I'm just so confused, to be honest. Like, for me, this year is just like another year of endless limbo. Like, 
I can't remember what happened this year versus what happened in 2020. Like there are things that happened this year. And I'm just like, that was last year, wasn't it? Oh no, it was this year. Or like everything has taken on a sort of timeless quality. You know, like there's a whole bunch of games that came out this year that I forgot came out this year. I, I actually wrote in these notes originally, like where are the AAA games this year? There weren't any. And then there were a bunch. I just forgot they came out this year. <laughs> and maybe I didn't play any of them either. Well, you played Deathloop. I played Deathloop, yeah. I played some of them, obviously. So what did you want to mention? I don't know. I mean, like, you know, Resident Evil Village, for example. That that was one that I was pretty sure was last year, but it was this year. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was kind of this year in Game Awards sense, right? Because it came out too late to be included in last year's awards. I don't know. You say some things. You have become an, an obnoxious PC gamer. You have become an obnoxious PC gamer. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe this should have been in the stats section, but other than Metroid Dread, everything I played this year was on PC. Oh, I see. You have to put the obnoxious in. Obnoxious in. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe I haven't become an obnoxious PC gamer. Maybe I was always an obnoxious PC gamer and it has just become <laughs> apparent. But yeah, I'm really primarily a PC gamer now. You're the opposite, right? You're nearly all PlayStation and Switch. It's just so much more convenient. Yeah, I'm always disappointed when I've got a game that I didn't buy on Switch that I could have bought on Switch because it's just so easy. Did you buy Tetris Effect on Switch? I did not. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's... that's exactly what I'm talking about right now. Yeah, because, you know, I messaged you to say, hey, Tetris Effect is on sale on Switch, because I knew you wanted to buy it. And you were like, oh, why would I buy it on Switch? Is it own- I can buy it on PC, right? Or PlayStation. I was like, yeah, but I thought you prefer to play stuff on Switch. Right. And so you didn't buy it on Switch, and now you regret it? My thought process was, but it's even cheaper on Steam. It may be on sale on, <laughs> it may be on, sale on the Switch, but it's even cheaper on Steam. Well, you know, you're a productive member of society that gets paid an income, so you can always just buy it again if you have to. I'll leave that to you. Something I noticed is that we only managed four book club games this year. Is that right? This is surprising to me. Wait, there's Cyberpunk. Death Stranding, Two Point Hospital. Metroid Dread. That's four. And yeah, Tetris Effect is next year, (laughs) so... Wow, some book club podcast we managed to be. That's a resolution we need to put in right there for 22. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll change up the format yet again. But four is weak, or disappointing. Four is very weak. I have one, ge- no, you talk about everything having, the, having this timeless quality. One thing that I wrote here was Stadia was shuttered this year. It felt like it's been shuttered for it had been shuttered for a long, long time. I didn't even realize Stadia was shuttered, so it's gone. Well, they're pivoting. Is the you know the official enterprise? <laughs> but you can phrase. still play games on Stadia, right? Like if you got the controller and stuff, or it's like it's gone, gone. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, but they're no longer promoting it as a as a, as a platform. So it might be something that operates behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, I do remember we talked about it at some point, like the waning of Stadia, but 
Yeah, the, the way you wrote this down here, I was like, wait, it's gone? Because it was obviously it was never available in Hong Kong. So my stadium knowledge is all very secondhand. So let me get the official line in case everyone's listening to this for news. Google shuttered its internal stadia games and entertainment division with plans to refocus the service as a publisher for third-party games. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, Stadia as a service is still there, but Stadia as, like, a games publisher is not there. Yeah. Then no studios, yeah, and dev. Yeah, yeah, sorry, as a game dev is not there then. Yeah, it's a studio, yeah. you're right. I mean, I mean, really important things we should mention before we move on. Deltarune? Yeah, there were some nice surprises this year, because Deltarune and Metroid Dread both were, like, pop and came out of nowhere. Oh, and, of course, the Outer Worlds DLC, you know. There were some nice surprises. Like Deltarune, chapter two, that is. That's kind of nuts. Like, Toby Fox has clearly made a lot of money from Undertale and is now just able to, you know, do whatever he likes, including paying a load of people to make the next installment of his game and just giving it away. Was it, <laughs> which is not what you're doing. I don't know. I don't know why he's trying to. You need to make that smash in. You need to make that indie smash hit first. You know, if I had made Undertale for sure, maybe I'd do that too. You talk about surprises. I talk about disappointments. The GTA Definitive Edition was definitely something I was looking forward to, and I can't believe they got it so wrong. Yeah, we we didn't talk about it previously on the podcast, but it was such a train wreck. I've been I've been saving links to terrible gta definitive edition screw-ups because i thought we were going to talk about it in the podcast i was like this one's just so funny <laughs> like the best one is i don't know if they've patched this but if you wiggle your car left and right like you keep hitting left and right so the car's like you know the car key just keeps the car just gets bigger <laughs> like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> what i've heard is that was in the original game that's why it's there <laughs> was it in the original game okay that's a terrible reason. That's a terrible excuse. Everyone hated the Definitive Edition. I don't think anyone was happy about it. I know people hated it even more because they did a Blizzard with Warcraft. You know, like how Warcraft 3, they put up their reforged edition or something and they took down the original one and it never had feature, you know, to this day, it still doesn't have feature parity with the original client and loads of stuff is just broken in it. And... Rockstar did the same thing with Definitive Edition. They took down the original versions of the game and they put up Definitive Edition instead. And then there was such backlash that they've actually reversed that decision. Like, you can buy the original versions again, thankfully. I think you get the original version for free as well. Oh, do you? Well, then, that's even better. Yeah, it makes sense. Shall we move on? No, no, wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, good, 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 good. If you were saying a disappointment... I already mentioned that Deathloop was a bit of a disappointment. Like, it was not as good as I was hoping. And 12 minutes, I played it. It was not that fun. I, I did have a really funny moment in it where, without getting to spoilers, there was a character who was, like, you know, their hands were cuffed, like, with cable ties. And I wanted to uncuff them. You know, I wanted to free them. So I was like, okay, use knife on character. And I just went and stabbed them instead. <laughs> and that was when I was like, what is wrong with this game? Seriously. I guess that wasn't the right thing to do. No. 
Oh, and one more thing. One more thing. Both Warzone and Fortnite have had total map refreshes. Very close to each other, in fact. The Fortnite one is mad. They've, on Fortnite, they flipped the island over. Like, it, the Fortnite lore is, like, bonkers. Like, I don't really follow it. But in the lore of the game, there was, like, a stabilizer core in the middle of the island. And they turn it off, and the entire island, like, flips over. You know, like a pancake. And so now we're playing on the underside of the island, which has completely different, you know, areas and everything. So, like, Fortnite's map is completely new, and it's, like, the underside of the island. It's, it's actually quite cool. And it's all brown? No, no, it's just, it's just another island with just new areas. Also, the rock is in it. There's like a giant statue of the rock. And Warzone, there's no real reason for it. But now it's a new island. We're just fighting on an island with a giant volcano in the middle. So, yeah, both of those games, they've been freshened up. Let's move on. Yeah, okay. Well... I just put in this little subsection based on what we said we were going to do this year. Because in the wrap-up last year, we had a, like New Year's resolutions, right? So this is just to see how we've done against our resolutions. Mm, I like this bit. Who, who's going first? I can start. Get a PS5. I got a PS5. Easy. Well done. Your turn. I think you said you set yourself some very easy goals to achieve. That's what they say, though. It's how you get success. I suppose. Small no stretch goals here. Are these, are these smart goals? You put in the stretch goals first. That's what you like to do. Yeah. Because like, my first one was... I, I can't remember exactly how I phrased it. It was like, make indie games or something. Make some games. Make, making games is hard. Making games is really hard. I've... I've really realised it's really been driven home to me that, yeah, making games is hard. It's all the things that I thought would be easy. You know, like, the programming is easy. It's everything else that's hard. Like, once I have a really clear vision of what I'm trying to make, or even, like, mathematically how I want it to work, I can write the program to do it. You know, I can write the code. But, like, a lot of the time... I either don't know what I'm actually trying to even do or I know it in a hand wavy abstract way, but I don't know like the maths behind it kind of thing. Like, you know, I was trying to make a Star Fox type rail shooter for a bit. And when you get, you know, towards the edge of the rail, you kind of need to be pushed back on track. I spent way, 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 way too long trying to make that work nicely because I just didn't have it clear in my mind what I was actually really trying to make it do. And in the end, I just wrote like one line. It was like a really trivial thing. And then it's like, well, it's not perfect, but it's, it's certainly more than good enough. But like realizing that that one line was what I actually wanted took like way too long, for example. So anyway, I made one thing. It's not good enough. I need, I need, I certainly need to try harder. <laughs> you said you were going to get a new PC though. Hmm, I did. It's really easy not to buy a new PC. Cause yeah, I, I don't think not buying a new PC is necessarily a bad thing, I guess. Because you're trying to time the GPU market and it's impossible. 
Yeah, the GPU market was just crazy in the end. Did you have plans to refresh your PC as well? Yeah, I also said I was going to get a new PC, essentially, because I'd have to change so much that I may as well just build a new one. But, and I also didn't do it. So there are 12th gen Intel CPUs, which, no, massive plus. But then RTX 4000 is going to be, it's going to be like September this year, or next year, right? I think now I'm just continuing to wait and see. I did make it back to Hong Kong. That was one of my <laughs> goals for the year. So I did make it back, but it took me like six months. I do think the amount of time it took to get back was a factor in my failure to do any game dev. Not necessarily for any logical reason, just purely psychologically. Oh, and my favourite one for you, you said you weren't going to buy the new COD or the new FIFA. So how did you do against that? I didn't buy FIFA. I bought COD. I, I didn't even think about it twice. I what I did. Let's be fair. So you've got Vanguard. I got Vanguard, but I didn't buy it pre-order. I didn't buy it on the day. But when I realised that everyone's playing Vanguard Royale or Vanguard Resurgence, whatever mode that, or whichever mode that restricts you to only Vanguard guns, I realised I need to buy Vanguard. Now, have you bought Vanguard? Not that you have a resolution that says, that I says no. I have not bought Vanguard. I have not. But you know Vanguard is 35% off right now. It's 50. You could have just waited a week and Don't had... say that. Hmm? So it's 50. Well, you actually... Well, this is the thing that annoys me, right? Because if I try and buy it, it tries to charge me in Taiwan dollars and make me buy it from the Asia store, where it is 50% off. But it won't let me buy it. Whenever I try and actually buy it, it gives me... A, you know internal server error or like a credit card verification error so it wants me to buy it on the eu store because i think my battlenet account is still an eu battlenet account so even though i'm in hong kong where it's 50 percent off they want me to pay the uk price where it's only 35 percent off still a big discount. scum <laughs> i could probably fix this i could probably just change my account to a Hong Kong account. But then I'm kind of worried about the repercussions of that. Yeah, Blizzard have some Because then it will force you to use the like tw.battlenet.whatever and then there's no English on that site. It's like a nightmare trying to do anything because it's all in traditional Chinese. So that's the reason I've maintained it being an EU account so I can actually use the freaking site. Yeah, I haven't bought it yet but I might, I might do. I really would have liked not to buy Vanguard. I would have really liked not to have bought Vanguard. But you just felt like you had to. Yeah. I've been doing silly things like you. I played Zombies when I should have been sleeping last night because it was... I could There's like d- double XP across five things. I don't know what they are. Yeah, I yeah. Felt like it's like I needed double, to double, play a bit double, more. double, double, double. Yeah. Yeah, they added more things that have XP so you can double more XP. There's weapons, there's battle pass, there's... Level, you know your main xp but there's also like operator. operator xp now and then like clan xp or something too yeah finally then my last resolution from last year was to improve my sleep what does that and mean what does that even mean Reg- yeah like a i know sleep cycle or sufficient sleep i think it was sufficient sleep more than necessarily keeping to a specific cycle but 
I think there have been times this year when my sleep was really good and there have been times this year when my sleep has been really bad. And this is definitely a bad patch at the moment. I think as we're recording this, we're both probably really sleep deprived because I slept at five in the morning and <laughs> you woke up at five in the morning your time to record this. <laughs> Saying that I did sleep at a reasonable hour. I, I did not. I slept at 10.30. Wow. That is impressive. Yeah. I, I, in the last couple of weeks, have done some really dumb stuff. Like, I, on the one hand, it's kind of good because I started trying to read some more again. But on the other hand, I stayed up till 4am, like, reading a book. So that was dumb. That's not or, dumb. You can read a book at 4am. Oh, it's, it's really not a good idea. So, yeah, my, my sleep has been all over the place. Sometimes it's been good, sometimes it's been bad. I think um, my overall health is... I've been trying to improve my overall health as well, though, at least. So I've been doing more exercise. I've been eating better. I have abs now, you know, just in time for winter. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe I do need to start setting an alarm in the morning again and trying to have some kind of regular schedule. Maybe not the same one I had when I was working, but still some kind of semblance of you know, regularity. What is your ideal? I I think I want to get at least seven hours sleep regularly. But you also have this idea that there's a good time and a bad time to sleep. Sleeping at 5am and waking up at midday is not a good idea. You know, that is (laughs) theoretically seven hours, but that's not going to be a good seven (laughs) hours. And a lot of my sleep in the past few weeks has been like that. This is what happens when, really, you have no responsibilities anymore. This is is, is definitely a problem. I wouldn't... I actually really need to genuinely exercise some self-control. Fine. Maybe we should start a self-help podcast. (laughs) I don't know if people want to listen to uh, us failing you you failing <laughs> if you it's a comedy podcast it's a comedy podcast it's fine fine yeah that, that would work so long as we're not pretending to offer strategies that will work <laughs> if our plan is yeah. to offer strategies that will fail yes yeah it's like what not to do that's not a bad idea okay so we're done yeah we're done and that means it's time for fanfare, fireworks, horns, More horns, fanfare, fireworks, <laughs> cannons. You might need to say this louder. I was hoping you just put them in. I'm yeah, joking. but I, you won't be heard against them if if you don't speak louder. <laughs> okay. The meaningless awards. I said, what's the cutoff for this, like December? And then you said... No cutoff, whenever we record. You set the rules, Mike. You set the rules. Okay. I I feel like maybe we're using different rules, but that doesn't really matter anyway, because they're meaningless. (laughs) Exactly. I don't don't think anyone is coveting the the Lost Levels (laughs) Club meaningless award. We should try to get them added to Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Put an edit in there and see how long it lasts. Put a ninja edit in there before being removed for failing notability.
They're quite harsh on podcasts on Wikipedia. They should be. What are you spending my contribution on? Getting rid of your own dumb contributions. Edits. <laughs> Why did you ask this? What, about the cutoff? Yes. I think I was just trying to narrow things down, like decision-wise. Because there's also things like Halo Infinite came out, you know, and it's like, there are games that maybe should be in the consideration, but like, you just, there's just not enough time to play them, you know, even for me. Even for you. Okay. So like, that's the caveat. Like, it's basically the games we played. Apart from the Mist Award. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Mist Award is the one with the most competition, because that could be anything. <laughs> I, I was actually seriously starting to think, maybe, maybe next year, we can just have an entire podcast app on the games we missed in the year instead. That might be a better way to do it. That'd be quite good. Because there's so many things I would want to nominate for Mist. Anyway, let's start. Best multiplayer. Warzone, again. How about you? Warzone, again. Yeah, we're just in sync on this one. It's so, it's so. I feel so bad picking Warzone again, but is this? It's it's expected of me, but it's not expected of you. Why is she not expected of me? Because I don't play as much as you. Yeah, it's it's. I've become like. I I never knew I had it in me, but I love Call of Duty. It turns out. All these years of like turning my nose up, but Trashing. turns out I love Call of Duty. <laughs> what the hell? What timeline is this? <laughs> the, the, the thing is, there are so many other things I could have picked here, right? Like I could have picked really. Back for Blood. You're not picking Back for Blood. No, back, back for Blood was fun for a little bit, and then it just annoyed me. They just like they did a patch, and they just like ruined the game, and it was just like they just left it broken for ages. I think it's only just been fixed, like yesterday or something. Tribes of Midgard maybe should have had a look in. Valheim maybe should have had a look in, but I didn't actually play enough of it to really to know. And even like Fortnite, Fortnite when I play Fortnite is really fun. This season as well, like. The gunplay in Fortnite feels really good. <laughs> I think because they've just made the weapons like the COD weapons. Like there's there's an assault rifle in Fortnite now that has a like a, a red dot sight on it, and it has significant recoil. It's it's like a Warzone weapon, and the SMG is like like the Fennec from Warzone. Like the gunplay in Fortnite this season feels really good. But regardless, there's only you know 
there's only room in my life for one main BR and it's Warzone. And I still love Warzone. It's embarrassing, but it's true. What are your reasons for picking this? Do you have any? It's just the default. It's what your friends play as well. It's just the default. I want to pick Destiny 2. I don't want to pick Destiny 2, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm not playing something solo, am I, for multiplayer? Yeah. Maybe we should try and play Warzone together again at some point. No, 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 no. Come on, you played 10 times the hours I've played. I don't think I want to (laughs) play Warzone with you. Okay. All I can my my contribution would be to just bring down your squad KD so you're matched with easier people. That's all like my contribution to you for you. That, that's a valuable contribution. Let me tell you. Go. you. So <laughs> we might be able to play together. Okay, and then best game, best game. Hey there, card gamers. I'm. So for me, it's Inscription, which we haven't talked about at all. We haven't even mentioned the name of it at all. But Inscription is incredible. There were a few games that could have taken this spot, but in the end, I picked Inscription because like, if you ask me to describe my ideal game like you know present day mike not mike as a teenager or whatever but like what would be my ideal theoretical game today inscription has literally all of those qualities you know it's it's a game that's full of secrets and twists it's a roguelike deck builder it's it's so many things it has incredible art direction and atmosphere it has okay the problem with inscription is i can't really say anything about it because to have the best experience with the game you need to go in totally totally blind like if you google inscription and look at google image search it will ruin the game for you it will there are so many spoilers even if you just look at google images for inscription you really need to go into inscription completely blind like the only thing that's safe to look at is the steam store page basically and don't even look at the reviews just like look at the curated images from the game dev which is like daniel mullins all i can safely say about it is it's a roguelike deck builder kind of crossed with an escape room you know like you are playing a card game that has this very interesting sacrifice mechanic to play your cards like you know to play a card you need to sacrifice another card to gain the energy to play it kind of thing and 
in between rounds of this card game against the shadowy figure you're playing against, you can stand up from the table and walk around the room as well and do other things. And like to say any more would be to give too much away. It's an incredible game. Okay. I'm surprised about the... I'm just surprised that you can move around the room. That changes everything. There's really... There's so much to it. There's so many surprises. It's... I mean, you know how I feel about Outer Wilds. It has like that kind of feeling to it while simultaneously being a roguelike deck builder. And you're stuck in a room, whereas Outer Wilds is a whole universe. You should try it. Everyone should try Inscription. Actually, I think some people try it and hate it, but I loved it. So your pick? I went with Tetris Effect. And what made you pick this? Because it's different. And I love a good music. <laughs> I say a rhythm game, but it's a rhythm game without needing rhythm. Wait, wait, wait. Do you love a good music game? You turn the music off in games. Yeah, because I don't really appreciate it. This seems like the least ting pick. <sighs> but if I'm playing rock, like for instance, if I'm playing Guitar Hero or Rock Band, I'm not turning the music off. I would love it if you played I would love it if you played Rock Band by turning the music off and listening to a podcast this game's so boring all you do is like match colours so for instance I've told you about Fuser I'm interested in Fuser I think everything else I've played has been quite in the same way your inscription has captured your imagination because it's something really different for me I've got Tetris Effect I'm working with a smaller list I would say as well well, I mean, it's a surprise to me that you picked it, but... We'll talk about it more in the book club it. Okay. And who doesn't want to be a Tetris master or have the feeling of... Yeah. It, I mean, it always feels good to be good at something, I think. Yeah. Okay. And then potentially the biggest category. <laughs> the category that could be an episode. Missed in 2021.
another one of those which I didn't know was this year. It didn't feel like it was this year. It was Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I've waited this long for Mass Effect. It's come round and I still haven't played it. Yeah, you've wanted to play... You, you've been waiting for a remaster of this in order to play it, right? Because you've decided remasters are good now. Yeah, and I talked to you like Mass Effect is a thing, but you don't care about Mass Effect. Which is okay. I, I think it's... Oh, to say I don't care about it is going too far. Like I did, I did play and finish the first two games, but I just lost momentum and... You know, I I would like to play the third one, but then the ending apparently is so bad and unsatisfying that, you know, although maybe that's not true anymore. I think that's something they changed, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's better than that now. Do, do you think you will play this at some point or it's now 100%. just perennially going to be on you? Well, I say 100%. at some point or well, they're the same thing. <laughs> it's going to be the new Baldur's Gate. We're going to start it, we're going to do a book club epic, and then like six years later, we'll be like, so I finished Mass Effect 1, they'll be like, well, only two more to go. <laughs> you're saving it for your retirement. Yeah. You're just going to make your kids play it, and you're going to watch them. I wonder if they'll quite, uh, yeah, have to change the rules, though. Will it really count? Does it really count if my kids play it? I don't know. I thought we make the rules for this, so. Okay. My pick. Salve, friend. <sighs> the many shall suffer for the sins of the one. Salve, friend. Mind telling me who you are? Uh, I don't think so. I've never seen you before in my life. commits a sin here every last one of us will die somebody in this city is about to break the golden rule sooner or later things are going to end the forgotten city it's kind of a random pick i mean the thing is there were so many random things i could have picked for this but the forgotten city is a time loop game and i love time loop games it's, you know, it has an intriguing backstory too. It was originally a Skyrim mod. I've heard it's really good. It's also quite short. Like, I probably could have just played it yesterday instead of playing <laughs> five hours of Vanguard and grinding up the Cooper Carbine, which has now been nerfed. But then I had to change my pick for this episode. So it's on Game Pass. I've had it installed for weeks but I haven't quite got round to firing it up because it's enough, you know, you know, when you really want to play something, you think something's going to be good and you want to be in the right frame of mind for it. And I've just not been in the right frame of mind to appreciate it. You know, I've, I've been in the right frame of mind to mindlessly shoot people on shipment. Who's never in the record. <laughs> you know, that, that requires like three IQ points. So I'm capable of doing that. I'm not capable of appreciating a historical time loop game. Well, well explained. So this is missed in 2021, but I expect to get to it at some point. And then because I'm terrible, here are some that easily could have also been my pick, but aren't my pick. Before Your Eyes, 
a game controlled by your webcam and when you blink like time advances apparently i i've heard that this is a game that makes you feel something and that's another thing i look for in games now you know like make me feel something so this game makes people cry i've heard from the pain both, both from the emotional weight and the pain of having to hold your eyes open to keep to keep watching so there's that death's door which looks like link to the past crossed with dark souls and cruelty squad which just looks horrible but is apparently amazing like I think it's some sort of immersive sim, but just with really, really terrible graphics, deliberately as an artistic choice. Something that occurs to me. Were you not interested at all in It Takes Two? Because co-op only. Yeah, but you played a way out with April, didn't you? Yeah, that didn't. We didn't get to the end. Okay, just curious because it seems like exactly the sort of game that you would like. Oh yeah, it would be. So it's not April anymore. I've got it till my kids are old enough to play It Takes Two. <laughs> okay. I, I think it had a very good reception. It, it won Best Game, didn't it, at the Game Awards? It did, yeah. Okay. Well, with those technically not honourable mentions out of the way, now the actual honourable mentions... Forza Horizon 5. This is this is like the crossover game. This is a crossover game. This is the game where you play, you get to drive, and you would enjoy it too. What, really? Yeah, this is a game for the hardcore and the casuals. I don't know. They're massive stereotypes. I don't know if I can say that. But it's for people who don't like cars. It's a car game for people who don't like cars or care about them. You can't actively hate them. but You may struggle there, but you don't have to love them. But you didn't play it. No. I feel I feel like you adhere to the spirit of the rules better. You didn't pick five things for missed in 2021. <laughs> okay. For me.
Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye. Best DLC. I feel like Outer Wilds, such a good game. I didn't pick it the year I played it, but I probably should have done, right? So this is my way of giving something to Outer Wilds in the end. And the DLC really is very well done. But again, I can't say anything about it because the magic of Outer Wilds is going in without knowing and then discovering it for yourself. And then because I can't stick to the rules, Metroid Dread, for being the best Metroid since Super Metroid. I, I, I just feel like I would have to give something to Metroid Dread, right? It's been so long. Yeah, I was kind of surprised it didn't get best, best, best. If not for inscription, it would have been in there. You know, the things that the things that were in the running for me for best game, like I was actually really like, what am I going to pick? There was literally inscription, Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye and Metroid Dread. So, yeah, this is the runner up category for me. That's it. We're wrapped up. And that's it. The year is over. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? On Reddit. R slash Lost Levels Club. You've never called it out, but it occurs to me, I've been saying for like five years, slash r slash, there's no leading slash. I've been getting this wrong the whole time. You can put double slash, no one cares. Reddit will care. (laughs) Reddit's over anyway, whatever. So Mike, what are you grateful for today? Can I be grateful 2021 is over? Yeah. I can't, I just, what, what is going on? I, I, I was so grateful 2020 was over and look where that got me. Right. 2021, I think was worse than 2020, you know. I, I'm holding out for a better 2022, but let's be honest, if things continue in this current trajectory, I'll be recording this on a wax cylinder in like the shell of a skyscraper. I don't know. That's not a very good grateful for. You're right. Let's let's be more positive. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> Smirkle says bye. Oh, come on. I am hopeful <laughs> that 2022 will be better. Right? Yes. We've got to just keep, we've got to keep hoping did that come naturally to you? <laughs> it, it does not come naturally to me at all, but I'm trying, right? We've got to stay positive. We've got to stay positive. We've not got to go into the doom spiral. I am grateful. <laughs> I am grateful that The Matrix 4 is out this week. We're going to start the next ep next year with me absolutely shitting on the Matrix 4, probably. But I'm grateful that 
<laughs> the Matrix Resurrections is out. I can't believe it. Who would have thought that we were getting another Matrix film? <laughs> we're going to start the, the self-help podcast where there's a doom spiral alert. <laughs> doom spiral. <laughs> a new Matrix film has been released. But the silver lining is we can complain about the new Matrix film. So Michael says bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>